Hey everybody, how y'all doing? I'm Michael, joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And this is Fallen Through Plot Holes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part three and the final part of our miniseries on the Xbox One, the disaster of a console for Microsoft that almost killed the Xbox brand and has certainly left it in a kind of weird cripple state ever since. Or at least it does on paper. I'm sure yeah. if you ask Microsoft, they would heavily disagree as they continue to buy literally every video game company <laughs> in existence. But yeah, if you want to listen to other parts, uh, you can find them on fallingthroughplotholes.ftp.podbean.com. Uh, you can check out parts one and part two. If you just want to hear about how this system even got announced and all the fallout from that, though, you're in the right place, as we're going to be talking about that today. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Good, good. So am I. So am I. We just got done recording uh, part two, where we mm-hmm. basically talked about the lead-up, and we are now very hyped to see how how this train is going to go off the rails. Oh, boy. It's oof. fateful. I would call it a fateful campaign. I absolutely would. So to set the stage for where we're even at, uh, right now, Microsoft is dealing with a three to four prong controversy on their hands. One, questions about whether or not this game is going to block the ability to play used games on their system. Two, is this console going to require an always online connection? Three, the Kinect, is it always going to be on and watching you? And does it need to be constantly connected to the system? And four, a brewing social media controversy caused by one of their now-departed employees, basically deriding people's fears and concerns about the previous three. All of these are a major problem for Microsoft, and they have essentially done nothing to quell any of these fears, other than saying things like, we have no reason to comment about our plans at this time, more or less. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stuff that indirectly confirms a lot of the rumors that are swirling around this. But... Alex, it is now a new day. It is now May 21st, 2013. And they are now in Redmond, Washington, about to unveil to the press and associated members of the video game community their new system. Now, this whole miniseries has gone through different iterations and whatnot as far as how long it was going to be, what the scope was going to be. I did toy with this when this was a part one about us Mm -hmm. doing a part two where we just sat down and watched this show and commented on it. Mm. But Alex, the truth is, is that this is a very boring press conference. Yes. Which I remember back in 20, uh, 2013 when I first watched this live, thinking, wow, this is kind of boring. And then fast forwarding to fast forwarding to like to now watching it again, being like, wow, this is incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe the worst thing you can say about the debut of a new video game console. It's not, it's not great. It is not great. Now, why I say it's boring, it is also very fascinating. Mm -hmm. Because they are going to make some decisions and focus on certain things that are going to be, it's going to be mind-blowing why they decide to do that. And it's something that, if you have the context of what they are leading up to, the numbers that were involved in TV and streaming and all that, and other multimedia services that were being used on the xbox 360 Mm -hmm. you get why they are going to make a lot of these decisions right except for one and it's Mm -hmm. literally going to be the first thing they're going to focus on (laughs) there is one insanely baffling decision 
But Alex, we might as well just jump in and talk about this show and talk about the fallout afterwards. So once again, we are in Redmond, Washington on the Microsoft campus. We see a sweeping video of the that shows off the entire campus and Microsoft legends such as Bill Gates talking about how Microsoft brought the games and then you, the consumer, brought yourself before cutting to a bunch of people, including game designer Hideo Kojima, as well as Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg for some reason. As an aside, Spielberg himself and just his name mm-hmm. get pulled into the video game industry just so much. They do, yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, he actually has had a hand in designing some video games, like yeah. Blocks, a very mm-hmm. good video game, I should say. Mm-hmm. And he has always had a professed interest in video games and has mm-hmm. been very vocal about that. So it's unsurprising to see him get pulled in, but he does get pulled in a lot. Right. Yeah. Now, Jeffrey Kassenberg, uh, him of DreamWorks fame, and originally of Disney, him being pulled in is, was really weird. Like, actually seeing mm-hmm. him was like, the hell? <laughs> <laughs> now, halfway through the video, they talk about how they're going to change everything by saying for the first time, and this line is wild, you and your TV will have a relationship. <laughs> and then they cut to a romantic couple just to kind of like put like a real <laughs> pin on that. <laughs> and then they promise to make you feel alive. <laughs> just like, okay, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so almost immediately, this has a real weird feel about it. Mm-hmm. As Don Matrick takes the stage to go over the history of Xbox. Matrick then notes that the internet has changed everything and asks a question. Can they improve a living room that is too fragmented and too complex? And can they do it with a box that is simple, instant, and complete? They then reveal their new home entertainment system, as they call it. The one to make your TV more intelligent. Once again, direct words from them. The Xbox One. So there's our name. Durango is now the Xbox One. So stupid. Yeah, because it's not to be confused with the original, original Xbox. Xbox. What? What? Are you... Dude, <laughs> yeah, but... you gotta. You got no. Come on. <laughs> Did no one find that confusing when they came up with it? A lot of um, a lot of live streams that I watched of this reveal all seemed very confused that they will say like, "Oh, so like the new Xbox? No, I guess Xbox One, which always referred to Xbox, the original Xbox is Xbox right. One." I, yeah. Well, because, like, I believe that the, what was it, the the product code for the original Xbox after the 360 came out was XB number one. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and that then, sounds right. But this is the XBO, mm-hmm. the Xbox One, not the Xbox One. The X- Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bad name. But it is named because it's going to be an all-in-one box for your entertainment needs. Right. Now, what's funny is that this is somehow not the worst name Microsoft is going to give to an Xbox product. But it's an interesting start. <laughs> it is, it's really just been a downhill trend, hasn't it? It really has. Yeah, like, gonna... 
Xbox was okay. It was just derived from the dev title of Direct Xbox. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't think of anything better, so they just made the Xbox. But it yep. was fine. It had a certain ring to it. Mm-hmm. And then the 360 was like, oh, look, we put a circle of lights on it because it's all-encompassing. It's the yeah. three. It's like, okay, that's stupid, but it's got a kind of ring to it. And mm-hmm. then this one's just the first time it's outright confusing. Yep. Yep. And, in and, over- then, oh. and then the Xbox One X just sounds like a 13-year-old's Xbox Live tag. Yep. Yep. And then they followed up with the Xbox Series X. Right. Which is <laughs> just the Xbox Sex. Yep. It's just the Xbox Sex. Like, that's yep. where everyone went in one second. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, it's just like <laughs> Microsoft is just unable to name products. They, they, they are. Like the Windows Phone, the Zune. Oh, God. At least Surface makes sense. Yeah, Surface makes sense. Better than Smart Glass. God. Which, by the way, they talk a lot about Smart Glass here. We're not going to talk about it. It's no, just a it's fancy a- way of saying you can use a tablet to do things. Yeah, great. Yeah. So this has now been revealed. And like almost immediately, you might have also noticed that they're talking an awful lot about TV. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. Because nope. right after Matrick, Yusuf Mehdi is going to come on stage in the hottest business suit with sneakers, by the way. <laughs> He's going to talk about gaming to start off and how it's important. And then he's going to say, hey, you're going to see more of, about that in a little bit and then a lot more at E3. So he's already setting the stage of like, not a whole lot of games here. Right. But they will be at E3. Don't worry. They're going to be at E3. It's going to be great. Tons of games at E3. Tons of games at E3. But for now, I want to show you how it's going to work on your TV. And it's like, well, we're going to just plug it in, right? And he says, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you you did say simple, though. He did say simple. (laughs) But what they think is complicated is going to get very wild. Because he says, what if a single device could provide all your entertainment, turn on your TV, and interact with all your devices? And what if it was ready and connected, i.e. listening to everything you're saying at all times? Right. That's editor's note on that one. Mm Mm-hmm. He then shows the home screen, which is just like Windows 8 stupid Windows motif that they went with. And that was absolutely terrible. They but went, there's a really important reason they did it. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yes, it is. It is. And they're going to get into it almost immediately because he's basically going to talk about how, like, man, it's really sucks about how, you know, you have to use like a controller to navigate around these menus. But what if you could just use your voice <laughs> to go to these different windows? And so you say, like, X- Xbox TV, and it goes to TV. Or you say A- Xbox Music, and it goes to the Music tab. And it's like, now you don't have to use a controller. And it's like, that was never a problem. Nope, never was. <laughs> but they're going to get to maybe the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. They immediately start by claiming that watching TV should be simple and obvious, and yet it isn't. <laughs> oh, you mean the thing where I grab the remote and press the power button and the TV turns on? Yeah, boy, you're right. That was always way too complicated. No, Alex, they say it's complicated because you have to switch inputs. You have to switch inputs. That's too complicated. (laughs) First of all, is it? Second of all, do you? Every TV I owned at that point started on TV. (laughs) Well, you know, what if you had a dumb TV that couldn't do that? You had to go and go to the HDMI one using the input button. Wow. So difficult. What if instead you could get to that by just saying Xbox TV? (laughs) 
Yeah, Xbox One had the innovation of having an HDMI input hookup so you can connect your cable box to your Xbox One. A solution I don't think is less complicated than the imaginary problem they were trying to solve, but good news, they have it. <laughs> Yay, now I can hook up. So it's not like you got rid of that device, you just hooked it up to another device? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You didn't make it less complicated. Right. You just now decided to daisy chain different devices together. That's all you did. So the thing about this is when they said it can interact with all your devices, that's like the warning siren in my brain of, yeah. oh, this is about to get really complicated. It is. It's going to get, one, really complicated, and two, they're going after a niche case. Right. Because, like, I don't have a lot of connected devices. Right. Like, in 2023. And granted... Because of things that are going to happen in literally the world that are going to cause me to be like, I should not have an Alexa. But, right. you know, like most people I also know don't have that. And I live in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is one of the tech capitals of the country. And yeah, it's just like, nah. But also you say like they're going after a niche case. I think the key is they're going after every niche case they can. Yeah. They're covering as many bases to try and take as many consumers as they can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're correct about that, because once again, they're trying to be all-encompassing. Now, speaking of being all-encompassing, they also show off a really, really cool feature called Snap Mode, where you can snap multiple windows together, such as have, like, the TV on, and then snap in, like, Internet Explorer, so you can, like, use your cell phone to navigate it and do things like buy tickets to a movie, sequel to a movie you're watching and whatnot. Ignoring the fact that your phone is already a second screen. Yeah, you can why, just do that I, on that. Why would I need the TV to do anything that the phone is doing when I'm doing it on the phone? Yeah, right? Yeah, and there are some people who have pointed out that like some apps on your phone for like fancy football and whatnot were pretty terrible then. And right. this could potentially be a good way to like mitigate that. Uh-huh. The, the, the native Xbox app they're going to put more work and thought into than their mobile phone app? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it's one of those things where it's like okay i can see the potential but at the same time you have a phone it's right. fine yeah you already have that second screen it's, it's the thing that doomed smart glass in the first place it's like but mm -hmm. i already have a phone right i don't i'm not gonna first off i'm not gonna just have a tablet next to me i'll just use my phone it'll be right. okay now well, it, go ahead. sorry this might be jumping ahead a little bit but we're you want to talk about just like overreaching your bases to cover everything mm -hmm. the xbox one has like a cable box input it has an hdmi input yeah and i i assume that was like for the connect but i have streamed my switch to my xbox huh have you now yeah, or it might have been my Wii U. I was like, I was trying to use the Xbox as a go-between to like stream it mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't remember the exact details. The point is, it doesn't need to be able to do that. <laughs> but it can. It can. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, I think I've heard of other people doing that with the Xbox because, yeah, it would have Twitch integration at some point. Right, but I don't. I my recollection is you couldn't Twitch stream your HDMI input to through oh, the Twitch app. Oh, because they want to do that TV. And yeah, it's like it, it. There's so many like half features built into the thing. Yeah, because you 
that would be cool if you could use it as just a giant capture card. That'd yeah. actually be really neat. It, it would, and that's what I was hoping it could do. And my recollection is, no, not really. Yeah, unfortunately, that's going to be the Xbox One, just constantly being like, "Ooh, this could have an interesting use case." Oh well, no, they just no, actually, imp- actually, no. We no, we just sort of put it in there. We didn't really think about what we do with it, but you know, it's it's cool, right? Like, yeah, it's uh, <sighs> so it it doesn't get any better, right? As they mm. switch to watching basketball on TV, and they you know snap their fantasy league and whatnot, and they say, "Imagine what we could do with such events, such as the Golden Globes or political debates." Uh-huh. And you just wonder, boy, I hope it's more interesting than what you're showing off right now. Right. Like, yeah, I'm trying to imagine. Help me stoke my imagination. What could you do? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking we could do? Right? Well, here's what they think we can do, Alex. Uh-huh. Because UC Smith then tells the literally asks the audience, and mm-hmm. this is, somehow is not a rhetorical question. He goes, quote, what's the biggest challenge with watching TV? Anybody? Wait to be... Uh- Okay, for me, it's finding out what to watch and keeping up with it. He then introduces the Xbox One guide. They show off a fucking TV guide and acts <laughs> like it's an innovation because you can use your voice to select channels. He does multiple demonstrations of him switching between channels. He's like, look, that's cool, right? Let's see that again. We don't need to see it again. This is the first 10 minutes of the show or a full sixth of the reveal's runtime. Dude, that problem was solved for me when I was eight, when TV Guide put out a book every week. Right? Yes. You look at the book, and the book tells you what's on when, and you're like, okay, now I know. Thank you, book. Yeah, and if, like, that is, like, not enough for you, don't worry. By 2002, basically every cable box is going to allow you to do that on your TV. Yeah, yeah. And hey, here's a real crazy thing. You can hover over like one of the channels and then you can hit the button and it'll just go directly there. Right. And Holy shit. If that's not enough, like if that doesn't give you enough information, we have the internet and mm-hmm. phones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is amazing. And like every retrospective on this, like from every industry insider and whatnot, just go, they showed off a TV guide. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they did, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yusef leaves. Mark Witten, Xbox Chief Product Officer, comes on the stage to talk about the powers of the Xbox One, system specs, and all that. Um, he talks about the Kinect, says it's going to be really cool, it's going to be a new way to control your games using your voice, all that sort of stuff. And then finally, 27 minutes in, we get our first real game news. Mm-hmm. But not from Microsoft. <laughs> mm. Rather, from the head of Electronic Arts, Andrew Wilson. Oh, boy. Now, this isn't the craziest thing. You know, right. like EA and Xbox have been pretty closely tied together. Yeah. But basically what they do show off is a bunch of fake trailers for a bunch of games that are just target renders that uh, are not, is not real. Cool. It's not real footage. Cool. So, great. Great. Next up, Phil Spencer comes on stage, and we finally get to talk about games. 35 minutes in, and they show off Forza Motorsport 5. As footage and everything, it looks like it's real. It's not, unfortunately. <laughs> to, to be fair, if you're trying to show off a fancy new piece of hardware, mm-hmm. racing games are really good things to show off because racing games are pretty. They are, but you would expect them to actually show off the you racing would, game. Yes, you would also then expect yeah. not another target render. Yeah, and, and to be fair, they do use what are going to be the in-game models, but you know mm-hmm. it is not the actual game because the yeah. audience is not billboards. Right. Yeah, they're fully rendered. It's Yes. Yeah, that yeah, that's not real. Yeah, so it's not real. 
Next, Microsoft shows off Remedy's new game, Quantum Break. Maybe one of the most amazing <gasps> reveals I ever seen, but not for the reasons they want. <laughs> because the trailer starts off with FMV cutscenes of real actors, basically a woman and a small kid, and the kid mm -hmm. being like, you sure you want to know? And then it cuts to a pre-rendered trailer of a barge running into a bridge, and the words, time is the fire in which we burn. <laughs> it tells us nothing about the game. Again, that was a third-person shooter that had a companion live-action TV show. You had to watch to get the full plot. It was very dumb. It was very dumb. It wasn't... It was endearingly dumb. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it even played fairly well. But the gameplay was like 20% of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was definitely trying to be more of, like, an actual yeah. TV show. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... In summation, it was fine, and Remedy, in all of their current effort to, like, tie all of their properties together into the Remedy-verse, has completely mm -hmm. disavowed Quantum Break. That didn't happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the one thing they are definitely not proud of. Yep. So, 40 minutes in, still no live footage of the game. Spencer then cedes the stage to Nancy Tellum to talk about how Xbox is going to change TV. Uh -huh. She literally says that Xbox will become the next water cooler. Because Xbox is going to revolutionize TV by making it more personal and sociable. You, she you then can't, Xbox can't be a water cooler. It's in your house. <laughs> yep, right? Can't be sociable <laughs> with that, but okay, sure. She then claims that Xbox is currently working on various TV projects. And then she invites Bonnie Ross, the head of 343 Studios, on to talk about the new TV show Halo. That's right, you wanted a Halo game? Fuck you, how about a TV show instead? How about a TV show? Oh, man. Yeah. In the current year, this is especially dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this one has a tale to it. It kind of does. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how it's going to take them a full 10 years before it finally happens. And when mm. it does happen, people are going to be like, I... Mm, this not, is not good. Not sure about this. Oh, you want to know what's real funny, though? Yeah. There actually was a live-action Halo TV show released in 2014. Did you know that? Did you know that? I, I don't know, because I'm going to be super honest. By 2014, the number of tangential Halo products was so vast, I stopped paying attention. That is probably why you didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, there's a five-episode live-action Halo TV show. Is that Nightfall? It is Nightfall, yes. I heard that was awful. Yep, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay, great. You better, you better believe it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, my knowledge was, like, Forward Unto Dawn was fine, and I heard Nightfall was bad. Yep. Yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, this is not the TV show they're announcing, by the way. That, that okay. was actually a separate project, oddly right, enough. Right, of course. So, yeah, Bonnie Ross announces that Steven Spielberg is going to help create the, the new show, and then he shows up in a live video mm. to talk about it a bit. Nancy then announces that Microsoft has a new partnership with the NFL that will change football forever. They it, need to stop talking about how they're going to change things forever. They really do, because it did not change football forever. <laughs> so then there's a big pre-recorded interview where Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, interviews Don Matrick about what Microsoft is going to do for football. Clearly showing who is the junior partner in this relationship, uh -huh. and it's not the NFL. <laughs> it is pretty embarrassing, all told. Matrick then comes back out on stage to basically wrap up things for the show. He then says, you got a taste of the new things coming to Xbox, which God, one can only, oh, the new games coming to Xbox, which mm. God, one can only hope. Xbox then says they have one more announcement. 
hey, we have a new Call of Duty. And then Eric Hirschberg from Activision comes on. He shows up Call of Duty Ghosts. Oh, the best <laughs> Call of Duty. Everyone's favorite. The one that people have forgotten about. But they did. In the, tra- the trailer is really funny because first off, this is actually, the I think, the first game uh-huh. um, that actually has like in-game footage. Mm. And the funniest thing is that one of the, they have like a little mini documentary that plays, and they say literally one of the things they say is a fascinating new addition is a dog, which for me was like hell yeah a dog, <laughs> and then I forget they mocap the dog and they yeah. show off the dog mocap. Every live stream I've ever watched of this, they freak out at this segment, and of course they do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know if it's a necessary bullet point for your game, but it's a bullet point for me. <laughs> it took a and yeah, once again has live footage. It took just 55 minutes before it finally happened in the show, and then the show ends. Yay. So, how did this go? <laughs> well, <sighs> fans absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. There's a, quite, a, quite a lot of fun YouTube videos out there of people live-streaming the reveal and then having a meltdown out there. <laughs> and quite a few Reddit threads detailing how they're all going to buy a PS4. So that's not great. Nope, not very good. Now, internally, it wasn't much better. Uh, during the show, Microsoft execs were asking people who were behind the scenes, such as Bonnie Ross, how the announcement was doing on the socials, which the answer was terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Members of Team Xbox who were present were also in shambles. Some of these people were lifers who had watched Xbox become the one Microsoft product not unceremoniously killed, but through mm. hard work, they were actually able to succeed in a way that put their rivals on the back foot. Within an hour, they watched it all get destroyed. Communicating this to Phil Spencer, the one person who seemed to be on their side in all of this. Mm-hmm. But what about the game? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so, okay, like, taking a large view, taking a step back, mm-hmm. it's really clear what they're trying to do. Yeah. What they're trying to do with the always online, with the connect that's always on and always ready to respond to your voice. Mm. With the connectivity and the connection to your TV, they're trying to release the next cable box. They are. Right? Like, they are trying to release the next device that is integral and central to your home entertainment setup. Mm-hmm. And, like, give it, again, given the successes they found with the 360, it's understandable how they would arrive at that conclusion. Mm-hmm. But, like, they are throwing away every foundation of the Xbox brand to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they absolutely are. Yeah. It, it's a gold rush. They are chasing a momentary flash in the pan for the sake of and and throwing away everything that has kept Xbox ostensibly profitable and important to the company to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like to be fair to Microsoft, they're not the only video game company who's going to do this. No, no Sony, no, no. Sony was is going to be just as guilty in the sense of like when all the rest of Sony was doing bad and PlayStation mm-hmm. was the one thing propping them up. You started to see PlayStation branding showing up everywhere on the, oh, like, yeah. their TVs and whatnot. Yeah. Now, I, the difference is, is that they didn't then go into like the PlayStation 5 and be like, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to now be able to stream movies from theaters. You're going to be able to buy tickets. Right. So like it, they didn't go all the way, but yeah, right. no, it's... So, like, Xbox is chasing, they are throwing away their foundations mm-hmm. to chase an unproven market that they happen to kind of get lucky by accident in courting. Mm-hmm. And they're courting it by basically going, hey, look, it's you can watch the TV on your TV. Mm-hmm. 
Like, they don't actually have anything. They don't. Yeah, that's the reason why this show is so boring. It's, there's nothing that's going on in this. Right. Like, even not watching this as a gamer, watching this as, like, a casual electronics consumer, what am I looking at, man? Yeah. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of buzzwords and a whole lot of hope, and that's about it. Yeah, it's... It's bad, man. It is really, really bad. It's really bad. Like, they are they are saying, imagine the possibilities, and they mean it literally. Like, please <laughs> imagine some possibilities. If you have any ideas, we um, got a P.O. box you can send some <laughs> letters to. <laughs> yeah, so what? how, how did the gaming, gaming press take this, though? Well, the press had maybe the most favorable view of this, which was mm-hmm. confusion over the name Black Games and general messaging. Mm-hmm. But they did have a bit of a wait-and-see attitude. Right. One, because they said, okay, well, E3 is is around the corner. It's going to be in less than a month. So there's there's that. And, you know, also, like, you know, it's just kind of like a wait-and-see attitude around this, this whole thing. And to give right. me an exact soundbite from them is kind of difficult because... Oh, wait, sorry, I'm getting some breaking news here. Mark Witten just talks to The Verge right after the show and confirmed Xbox One will be backwards compatible. Uh, never mind, the press is pissed. They're, they're <laughs> angry. They're very, very angry. <laughs> Literally hours after the show. So, something that is forgotten about the Xbox 360, or at least I forgot, is that out of the gate, it supported backwards compatibility with the original Xbox. Yes, it did. It was not flawless. No, it was not. It wasn't every game. Compatibility had to be slowly added over time. There are definitely glitches. But at mm-hmm. one point, it's going to constitute, I think, the total was 217 games at one point. Right. And um, while mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a big selling point, I would say it was a very fan-friendly one. Yes. And more importantly, people just sort of assumed it was going to be part of the Xbox One. Right. And that is kind of an unfair assumption because... That should not be an assumption looking at the market as a whole. Yeah. Like, the PS2, fully backwards compatible with the PS1. The mm. PS3 launched fully backwards compatible with the PS2, but not mm. the PS1, and then lost PS2 compatibility over time. Yeah. The 360, semi-backwards compatibil- compatible with the Xbox, the original Xbox. The mm-hmm. PS4, not going to have any backwards compatibility. Nope. Nope, not at all. Yeah, and like that was a controversy for Sony at the time, but it's one that passed pretty quickly. Right. And it's like, you look at that and be like, okay, well, why is this going to be a big deal for for the Xbox One compared to the PlayStation 4, right? Like, that mm-hmm. sort of doesn't make sense. And part of that is going to be because, you know, part of that's going to be because there's already, like, a ton of controversies around the Xbox One. So I think it's kind of a bit of a feeding frenzy. Right, yeah. The second thing is that uh, because, well, Don Matrick is going to go talk with the Wall Street Journal the next day. And get this cleared up, okay? Mm, okay. Yep. And by cleared up, um, he's going to say that, one, only 5% of people on the Xbox 360 actually use backwards compatibility. And then he's going to say, if you're backwards compatible, you're really backwards. <sighs> oh. so Read the room, man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't read the room. Those, those Wall Street journalists... Well, Wall Street Journal uh, journalists don't care about that. It's fine. They're like, oh, yes, no, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a Matrick walks out of the room and it's like, why are those people across the street angry? <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft has now made every bad PR move possible. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to figure out a way to fix all of this. And they realize they have to clear this up. So first, used games. Mm-hmm. 
the afternoon after the reveal. We're, we're still on the same damn day, by the way. <laughs> Major Nelson, um, mm. basically one of the people part of uh, Xbox's social media team. Uh, he has a much more important title than that. I can't remember right now. I feel bad. It, uh, it doesn't matter. He's Major Nelson. Everyone he, knows. Everyone knows who Major Nelson is. Yes. He publishes a blog post detailing the plans of all the used games. Specifically, that the Xbox One will allow customers to trade in and resell games at retail. But beyond that, we have not confirmed any specific scenarios and there's and that there's no fee to play your own games at a friend's house if you're signed into your profile. Unsurprisingly, this clarified nothing. Yep. And also highlights an issue that they have now built into their own infrastructure, mm-hmm. which is tying your Xbox Live profile so closely with games and particularly save files. Yep. Indeed, indeed. And it also sort of shadow confirms the Wire article from earlier. Mm -hmm. And it certainly didn't answer if games needed to be authorized before they could be played. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft indicated they'll have an answer to all this at a later date. But we're going to get to you later about this. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean mean the same damn day. So (laughs) in a separate Q&A session with reporters, Bill Harrison of Microsoft was was, uh, asked directly about this. And this is from Kotaku. Uh, Kotaku asks, if I'm playing a single-player game, do I have to be online at least once per hour or something like that? Or can I go weeks and weeks? Harrison then said, I believe it's 24 hours. Kotaku then clarifies, I have to be connected online once every day? And Harrison says, correct. Oh, okay, so single-player games do require internet connection. Good to know. Great. Yeah. Now, Microsoft immediately tried to clarify that Harrison's comments illustrate just one potential scenario. Uh, the scenario of playing single-player games, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we do, but we have not confirmed any details today, nor will we be. Hey, by the way, if you're wondering how your press conference slash product reveal went, and all of your top guys are scrambling to give separate interviews, and then your QA department is scrambling to give follow-ups to all of those interviews? <laughs> probably didn't go well. It probably didn't go well. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that there's going to be three separate attempts at clarification over a 24-hour period, and mm-hmm. all three of them are just going to result in more controversy. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, by the way, you know that whole live TV thing? Yeah. That was like the centerpiece of their show for the first 10 minutes? Yep. Not going to be available outside of the U.S. at launch. Yeah, that's right. The signature thing we launched the show with, America only, baby. It's fine. It's an Xbox. No one else cares. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that ultimately means nothing, but still. <laughs> way, way to just embrace your own failures on that one. It's like, Japan's not going to buy this freaking thing. Who cares? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Canada and Britain, sorry, I guess, but eh. Yeah, you know, but you want to watch TV anyways. Who watches TV when you can play games and watch Netflix and watch Microsoft's own programming like Halo Nightfall (laughs) and the Miss Teen USA passion 2014. Yeah, boy, really freaking reaching for the stars on that one, Microsoft. Are we, though? (laughs) So clearly no one is on the same page. And it seems like every few days there's going to be an attempt at clarification that honestly just left more questions than answers. So. On June 6th, just a week before E3, Microsoft publishes a blog post by 343 Industries about the Xbox One that is going to clarify everything. Why did you put this on 343's shoulders? Right? They make Halo. Don't ask them to to run your freaking company. 
Yeah, that is like the funniest thing where it says by three four three industries, and it's like, oh, because they're like the one people in your in your infrastructure that has clout right now, right? What clout? They made Halo Four. <laughs> I didn't say a lot. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, it's like how there was, like, a good, like, couple of years where everybody trotted out Tom Hanks, like, uh-huh. massage their image, because it's like, I'm the one person who has clout. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're going to clarify everything. And with this article, the detail stuff, like, what the network requirements are going to be, how Xbox Live is going to work. And at the very bottom, they put this little thing in. With Xbox One, you can game offline for up to 24 hours on your primary console, or one hour if you logged in on a separate console accessing your library. Offline gaming is not possible after these prescribed times until you reestablish connection. We can still watch live TV and enjoy Blu-ray and DVD movies. Well, great. Here's a direct confirmation of everything everyone feared. It is so wild. So it's like people keep asking Microsoft to clarify this point. Mm-hmm. And it is because the reason the thing that Microsoft seems to be saying seems so outlandishly like anti-consumer yeah. and undesirable that everyone's going, okay, are are you sure that's what you're going with? And Microsoft keeps going, okay, 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 let it, hang on, hang on, let us clarify. I don't think, I think this is coming off badly. Let us clarify. And then they say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they say the exact same thing and people go like, okay, but are you sure? Are you sure? And they're like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, maybe you misunderstood. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know how we can be more explicit about this anti-consumer Yeah, I'm sure policy. to Microsoft, they're like, yeah, did you not hear? Like, that's that's the thing, right? Yeah, and that's everyone's the thing. Like, <laughs> the disconnect about how nobody wants this is the core issue. Yeah. Is like, guys, bad look. Bad look. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But of course, it's only going to get worse from here, Alex. Now... Once again, direct confirmation. And honestly, had they just come out and said this from the get-go, that this mm-hmm. was what was required for the system, they maybe could have avoided a lot of the fear and speculation. Right. Probably tempered the building rage from their fans as the company failed to communicate and answer their concerns in a way that didn't feel insulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very least, they could have focused on the exciting potential of the Xbox One, including their new Kinect that was going to be better than ever. Right. Sure, the fact that it was always listening was a bit odd. A little odd. Technically always watching, too. Yeah, technically always watching. But apparently it only listened for the command to turn itself on. So whatever. Not that big of a deal. It's the same as Siri. Yeah, it's really not that bad. So people... I mean, it is that bad. It's just that we have like eight devices to do that at all times these days. So... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're already in the swamp. Yeah. What's one more boulder? Yeah, what is one more boulder? And really... Some people are just making a big deal out of, of this potentially transferring like video and audio to a third party site. But that just seems something out of a spy movie anyways. Yeah. So um, on June 5th, 2013, one day before the 343 Industries blog post that tried to quell the always online fire, the online publication The Guardian exposed a top secret court order that showed the National Security Agency had been collecting phone records for over 120 million Verizon subscribers. Containing information related to time of call, duration, location data, and other unique identifiers. The following day, on June 6th, it turned out this was a far larger than expected intel gathering operation than previously thought. The NSA, through a program called PRISM, had been collecting data including email, 
voice and video chat, VoIP, location data, among other things, of not only Americans but foreign nationals and had been doing so since 2007. This was via a secret court order to compel various companies to store and provide the data, including Google, Facebook, AOL, Skype, among others. What this set off outside of games was easily the biggest international incident of American President Barack Obama's administration. One that showed that not only were America's allies being heavily spied on, but their own citizens as well, regardless if they are under criminal investigation and not in a manner that was constitutional. The extent of the spying and volumes of evidence forced the Obama administration to confirm on June 7, 2013, that this was all true. Much of this information can be sourced back to one NSA contractor, who upon leaking this information to journalists, immediately fled to Russia. Edward Snowden. God, do you remember when all this was shocking? Yeah, right? Man. Yeah, speaking of you know, getting numb to things, right? Yeah, just like 10 years later, it's like, yeah, of course our government's spying on us through our smart devices and communication. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. Yeah, no, like, why should we trust them about this? Yeah, it's... But also, what would we do about it? Yeah, there's not really much, honestly. Like All I, all I can do is just find the most shocking porn I can that's still legal mm-hmm. and force them to be like, hey, you, wow, you want to spy on me? Hey, look at this. It, it does Crazy. turn out that... They do have a lot of, um, they were collecting a lot of webcam data of sexually explicit material. So Yeah, yes. I imagine. Yep, they indeed were. They indeed were. And yeah, it's like, this is all stemmed out of the Patriot Act, which was put in under mm-hmm. a Republican administration and then expanded and continued under a Democratic administration. So it's yeah. like, yeah, what are we going to do about it, right? Yeah. No, the whole government is in on this one. The whole government is in on it. And the event has incredible ramifications that we still are wrestling with to this day mm-hmm. is an event that heavily undermined the trust that the American people had in their government in a way that's only comparable to events such as Watergate in Vietnam. Yep. The idea that devices such as your iPhone could be recording you without your consent was shocking. And while we have largely grown numb to the security state that exists today, the reality is that our relationship with technology is forever changed. And it is for the worst. Every time I walk in somebody's house, and I see an Alexa, I immediately just kind of cringe and just mm-hmm. kind of wonder what if it's listening it is yep it absolutely is A- amazon's getting whatever it wants off that and they are selling it they absolutely mm-hmm. are this is the backdrop for microsoft one week out for e3 because you see one of the first companies involved in prism all the way back in 2007 was microsoft mm-hmm. and they now had a product that was always listening yeah this is the part when I realized I had to split it into three parts, when I realized right. I had to talk about Edward fucking Snowden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> they want, really hit everything, didn't they? They really hit everything. Because, like, this is just now act of God levels of just, yeah. like, the sky is falling. Of it, it, like, the entire, literally all of America is wrapped up in this, and they just happen to be the ones to get pushed in front of the bus first. Yeah, and to be fair, it's because they were literally one of, if not the first company mm-hmm. that got roped into this entire yeah. thing, which is like, oh, look at y'all being ahead of the curve. That's great. And, and <laughs> life lesson, when someone says, let's just go along with it, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> this is why you don't. This is exactly why you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Um, It's absolutely horrifying yep now else i mean whatever it does make the 
Connect's always on functionality seems squarey, but it's scary, but it's not like it's actively listening. Oh, actually it was. So, it was, yeah. Yeah, it, it turns out the NSA alongside the British were actively being considering it for use in the OSA's, uh, NSA's optic nerve program, a program designed to capture webcam images without the user's consent, um, which is how the NSA has a lot of footage of people naked and engaging in sexual acts that they have had to clarify that, well, no, we keep it separate from our contractors, which is like, you just shouldn't happen <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, that's not, it, it is a concern, but it is not the only one. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, okay, whatever. I bet the Connect isn't truly going to be required for the Xbox anyways. Oh, wait, Phil Harrison's here. He said the Connect and Xbox One are one of the same. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Yep. So once again, Microsoft has stepped into it. And... Boy, did they, because they, init- they ultimately said, we are making the next cable box. This mm-hmm. is going to be the integral piece of hardware to your entire home entertainment system. Mm-hmm. And also a spy cam for the NSA. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what they said. And it's like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we could disconnect it. So, all right. All right. Okay. Great. Yeah. Because, like, I could at least choose not to have a webcam or an Mm -hmm. Alexa or something like that. I kind of, if I have an Xbox One, I got no choice, buddy. Yep. So, yeah, all of this is just starting to come to a head. And so the very next day, I guess it's on June 6th anyways. Mm -hmm. These come so fast and furious that it's hard to keep track of what day it is. It really is. On June 6th, they release a bunch of press releases, and I mean a bunch, basically detailing the plans. And I've read through these documents, but thankfully, somebody has done a very good job of summarizing the basically the main points you need to know. That's the YouTube mm-hmm. channel stops. Uh, the YouTube channel stops skeletons from fighting. A very ah, yes. fun channel if you want some Excellent. really dumb stuff. Excellent content. Excellent content. Can't recommend it enough. And they have a very good summation of what this all meant. So here's the final word on the Xbox One. One, the console must connect to the internet every 24 hours. Two, it will allow used game sales, but only at participating retailers and only if a publisher allows it. What publisher would allow it, dude? Exactly, right? Now, if I remember correctly, this is the first time that detail came out. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. They just now introduced another controversy just out of nowhere. Good on them. Three, lending and gifting games will be restricted and also not available at launch. To also introduce that little nugget. Great. Mm-hmm. And finally, you can turn the connect off. Oh, that's okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Excellent. <laughs> oh, so, Alex, you know, there are many places where you can point and say, this is where the Xbox One died. And honestly, a press release more or less confirming everyone's fears and anxieties about the box, besides, you know, the NSA spying part on you, is mm-hmm. probably that. At this point, Microsoft has probably sunk to the very low, oh shit, wait, E3 is a week, and they have a press conference, maybe they could turn this around. They could turn this around, Alex. They could turn it around. Like, the, pre- the PS3 proves that you can have a disastrous console run-up and turn things around. They absolutely can. And granted, PS3... Just dealt with hubris and a high price point and not a controversy enveloping in a presidential administration, but right, you can right. still turn it around. Just higher higher bar you gotta clear. Mm-hmm. So June 10th, 2013, 
Don Matcher gets on stage in Los Angeles and immediately announces, as promised, today is all about the games. Microsoft had to get out beforehand and say, no, don't worry, it's going to be all about the games, by the way. <laughs> and boy, do they have games. Hideo yep. Kojima comes out and shows off Metal Gear Solid Five. All right. They show off Crytek's Rise, the Son of Rome. That certainly looks like a game. Insert how many times you think about the Roman Empire TikTok here. Yeah, pretty much. They also dedicate nine minutes to the show to it. It goes on interminably long. It's like Crytek's most boring game. It really is. Oof. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It's, oh, God. It's the most nothing game that company's ever made. It really is. Once again, it is amazing that the Xbox One had one of these and then the PS4 had their own version of that. Yep. It's just amazing. Amazing. So they also show off the new Killer Instinct, which was good. Good. Great game. Great game. Wildly messed up development and over its entire life, but still a good game. Still a good game. Oh, well, they got Insomniac to do a game for them called Sunset Overdrive. Oh. Yeah, not quite the same level as Sony getting Bungie to basically do stuff for them, but still mm -hmm. pretty darn impressive. Yeah. You know, Witcher 3 was shown off. That was cool. Mm -hmm. A 30-second or so trailer for a new Halo game because everyone was angry that they announced a TV show last time. <laughs> Project Don't Spark. worry, we're making it, and it definitely won't disappoint you this time. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's disappointed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Project Spark. Remember Project Spark? No. <laughs> I freaking don't. It was their game creation suite. Yeah. Oh, boy. The, they and Sony also both had one of those, didn't they? Yeah. And, and to be fair, so did Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, Game Builder Garage. God. Hey, they brought a sports car out. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is a pretty good E3, Alex. Ah, I would say so. Some good games on display. Yeah, and look, who's on stage? It's Phil Spencer. Everyone loves Phil Spencer. Love him. And he's going to announce the price and release date of the Xbox One. Oh, boy. Yes. This is like their point to just not not drop the ball. Yeah. Learn from Sony's mistake and don't drop the ball. Just don't drop the ball. It's going to release in November of this year. Great. Mm -hmm. And it's going to cost 499 US dollars. The audience audibly gasps when this is announced, and Spencer mm. just grimaces before getting back into hype mode. Like, you see him grimace because he knows <laughs> this is not going to go well, and it does not. No. Remember back in the first episode when I said to keep in mind the PlayStation 3's price and how it's going to all come back around? Mm-hmm. We're here, baby! Come yeah! This was the second to last thing they announced. They talked about Titanfall right after this, but this is all anybody cared about. It yep. sunk the show. You know, Alex, there are many places where you can point and say this is where the Xbox One died. And honestly, announcing the price of your console is going to be four ninety nine to jeers and completely undercutting a show is probably going to be that poor, oh shit, Sony hasn't had their E3 conference yet. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking layup. Yeah, tell me Just, about it. Uh, how many shots do you want to take at them, Sony? Oh, and, take um, your pick. They got a couple of choices, all right. So we really haven't talked about Sony during this entire thing. No, because they knew to shut up. Exactly. They knew to shut up, and Microsoft just kept sucking the air out of everything with controversy after controversy. But here's the thing. It's not like Sony didn't have a lot of the same rumors about always online mm -hmm. and restricted yep. used game sales that Microsoft did. There was a lot of industry ins insiders and reports from people like Patrick Klepek and whatnot about like, hey, yeah, they're thinking about doing this too. 
The difference is that when they were asked about it, they said, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, once again, is going to be a lie. Yes, it is. But they knew to make the concession in the moment and uh-huh. then go silent about it. Yeah. They were going to basically just let the industry take its course as opposed to trying to lead it. Right. And that is going to be the smart decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so despite rumors that Sony's looking to do the opposite, they're waiting to see what everyone else is going to do first. Well, they got Microsoft's answer. And so on the afternoon of June 10th, 2013, they got on stage after Microsoft and then their own press conference. Now, much like Microsoft's conference, it's very normal and by the numbers. Uh, Sony Computer Entertainment America president Jack Trenton gets on stage and in a very awkward and business-like manner recaps the year for Sony. They show off some games. Trenton tries to hype them up woodenly. Like, he is... Man has Mm. zero charisma. It's amazing. He is a businessman. (laughs) They show off what the PS4 will look like, and then after about one hour and 20 minutes of a very normal show... Jack Tretton takes the stage again to deliver what might be one of the most brutal kill shots ever seen in a press conference. So for used games, PlayStation 4 won't oppose any restrictions on used games. For your own games, you have the right to do whatever you want with them, whether it's keep them, trade them in, give them to your friends, whatever. At this point, Tretton is is grinning like a madman because Mm -hmm. everyone is cheering every one of these announcements. (laughs) And now he is starting to get that charisma because mm-hmm. he is now saying hey playstation 4 games you're never going to have to check in online to play we will never require that much less mm-hmm. having to authenticate yeah. every 24 hours yeah yeah okay yeah once again oh. i know right right <laughs> that's gonna so change the, the really funny part about this is at the end of the day we're gonna reach the dystopian nightmare that the xbox one was leading us to yep but Sony's going to do way more work in getting us there than Microsoft. Oh, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. Because, yeah, getting ahead of herself, Microsoft's going to pull back rapidly. Yes. <laughs> and Sony's going to be like, cool, see you in three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're going to let everyone else do that. They're going to let everyone right. else start building that framework, and then it's going to become natural, and then they're going to mm-hmm. implement it themselves. And which is and the they're, they're already going to have like the user base is already going to be installed yeah by the time they get around to it yeah like what are you going to do stop using your ps4 you love that thing yeah exactly like yeah when i had trouble playing tears of the kingdom on on my switch on a on a trade i didn't go like well i guess i'm not going to play this game anymore or use my switch Mm -hmm. it's called like i better find some workarounds right yeah exactly you're you're already held captive you've already given them the money like Unless you're going to do like the crazy, I'm going to burn my Nike sneakers thing. Like, right. yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna still use it. Yeah, you're gonna figure it out, and you're gonna put up with it. Yep, exactly. So the audience here is going crazy, and then Andrew House, the CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment, steps up to announce the price of the PlayStation Four: three hundred and ninety-nine U.S. dollars, or hundred dollars cheaper than the Xbox One. Oof. Which, given the PlayStation Four is going to be a more powerful system than the Xbox One kind of destroys them. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, not knowing their history, had just made the same mistake Sega did in 1995. Mm-hmm. If you're going to announce price and availability, don't do it right before Sony. <laughs> uh, Alex, you know, there's many places where you can point and say, this is where the Xbox One died, and oh shit, but Don Matrick is talking to Jeff Keighley. <laughs> why, would you let it, why would you let him talk anymore at this point? You'd think they would have learned at this point, but no. 
Absolutely not. So the next day, June 11th, while everyone was still at E3, Matrick takes an interview with Jeff Keighley. I have a lot of complicated thoughts about Keighley. Mm-hmm. On one hand, with E3 and game journalism itself dying, he has mm-hmm. filled what I feel is a very important need, helping to provide large stage shows such as the Summer Game Fest and the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he is, for the lack of a better term, a bit of a starfucker. Mm-hmm. At this point, video game journalism was starting to actively die. Outlets such as Kotaku and Giant Bomb would soon find themselves losing, losing journalists like Jason Schreier or Patrick Klepek and Stephen Totillo because, well, this is an enthusiast industry. Right. One where their livelihoods rely on being first. And if you're critical of companies that give you copies or pay you advertising dollars, no matter how justified it is, not surprisingly, they're going to pull that funding and put the screws to you. Around this time, companies such as Nintendo were finding it much easier to either hold their own shows or give access to streamers and other influencers had little to no qualms or reasons to follow any sort of journalistic standards. Many of these names that I just mentioned would go to outlets like Bloomberg, where they're insulated from this sort of consequence, but more likely they would just leave the industry entirely. They couldn't make money, they couldn't find jobs, and when they did, they would be actively punished for doing them well. The ones that remained basically had to trade and access journalism, give favorable treatment, ask softball questions. And Keeley is one of these people who are in this particular set. And I understand why. I understand mm-hmm. why Keeley operates the way he does. And right. that's why I find it fascinating that Don Matrick is about to give an answer so profoundly bad that Keeley will be <laughs> unable to stick with that. <laughs> Alex, have you ever seen this exchange? I don't know. I might oh. recognize it when I see it. I'm going to show it we're to you. Great line for games. Yeah, and I think people are going to love it, and then they're going to understand what we're trying to create and how mm-hmm. it links games and entertainment, mm-hmm. the functionality of the box, some of the advantages that you get of having a box that is designed right. to use uh, an online state. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, to me, is a future-proof choice, right. and I think people could have arguably gone the other way if we didn't do it. And fortunately, we have a product for people who aren't able to get some form of connectivity. It's called Xbox 360. Right. So stick with 360. That's your message if you don't, well, you don't like it? If, if you have zero access yeah. to the Internet, that is an offline <laughs> device. I yep. mean, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We have a product for those who can't get online. It is the Xbox 360. <sighs> and that is a response. like. Keely is so incredulous there mm-hmm. of like, really, that's your message. <laughs> that's 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 what you're going with. Yeah, that's what you're going with. Like Jeff Keely, who does not push back on anything, is like, mm-hmm. oh, OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this is going to be played far and wide, Alex. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is not the full context of the clip. And I think that's unfair to Matrick. Mm-hmm. So let's see where he goes with this. OK. Seriously, when I read the blogs and thought about who's really the most impacted, there was a person who said, hey, I'm on a nuclear sub, right. and I don't even know what it means to be on a nuclear sub, but I've got to right. imagine that it's not easy to get an internet connection. Probably not playing. <laughs> oh. oh my god. People missed that part. And honestly, I think that is even wilder. Because yeah. this thing is like, well, you know, like I, I don't know people who can't go online. Like one person said, they're on a nuclear sub. I don't know what it's like to be on a nuclear sub. <laughs> it's like, what if I live in Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's like, this is the first place you go for no internet connectivity is, oh, you must be stationed on a nuclear military submarine or something. Yeah, or and it's like, Don, you work in Redmond. If you go an hour outside of Redmond, right. internet connectivity immediately, yeah, like almost immediately, even like nowadays, mm-hmm. like you live in British Columbia where that is actually worse if you go into the interior. Like, mm-hmm. are you fucking for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is maybe one of the most amazing exchanges I have ever seen a person give. And it's one that is, once again, kind of like hashtag deal with it. It is going to be played mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again as basically like, this is what Xbox is. Don't buy an don't buy an Xbox One. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Alex, I could continue my little joke about this is where the Xbox One died. Right. To be honest, it was dead far before this, right? This is just dancing on the grave. Uh, yeah. You know what is dead, though? Mm-hmm. Matrix's career at Xbox. Mm. First, on June 19th, Microsoft is going to reverse course and drop the 24-hour internet check-in requirement and will say that they're not going to restrict to use games on the platform. Complete 180. Mm-hmm. The damage is too late, though. No one trusts them. Yep. On July 1st, Don Matrick leaves Microsoft. And it's honestly not surprising. Heads are going to have to roll for this, and honestly, you have to look to the top. Mm-hmm. The buck is going to stop with Don Matrick. Oh, actually, wait, hold on a second. Uh, it appears he immediately took the job as CEO of the social gaming company Zynga. Yeah, that that seems like where he should go, yeah. Oh, huh. Also, it seemed like he was actually going to get a new role as head of hardware development at Microsoft, but he wanted an even bigger role, and they wouldn't give it to him, so he just... And when that wasn't coming, he just kind of went and got himself a new job at Zynga? Oh, so he wasn't yeah. punished at all. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, uh, people who don't follow video games, if you're wondering if the video game industry has the same kind of nepotistic insulation of the higher-ups and rich people as every other industry, particularly business-oriented ones, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, wait to see where John Riccatello's next job is going to be after oh. he uh, ruined Unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after kind of ruining EA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, it turns out... Um, once you get to a certain level, you just really can't fail, or you can, really? you just go upwards. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't punished at all, and in fact, this kind of took Microsoft by surprise. Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer is going to have to step in and lead the ship in the meantime, and they are going to have absolutely no successor in mind, either mm. temporary or permanently. So, November 2013 would roll around. The Xbox One would release to surprisingly good numbers. Like, mm-hmm. initial sales were actually pretty darn good. Then they almost immediately fell behind the PlayStation right. 4. Ballmer is going to leave Microsoft in February of 2014 and be replaced by Satya Nadella, the current CEO of Microsoft, who had to make a decision. What do they do about Xbox? And by that, do I mean do they just shut it down? Before he makes that decision, in March 2014, he invites Phil Spencer then the corporate vice president at Xbox to discuss the division's future. There, Phil manages to convince him that it can be saved, and Adela puts him in charge of Xbox officially. I wish we had more time to get into the life and times of Phil Spencer. This has kind too. of already gone on long enough, but honestly, I'm a fan of this. I'm, I'm going to say that. I, I am too. And, okay, so to clarify, I bought an Xbox One mm-hmm. holiday season of 2014. Yeah. 
And I think it is mostly fair to attribute a lot of that purchasing decision to the work that Phil Spencer is about to do trying to save Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, the man is going to move mountains or, you know, his team, I should say, is going to move mountains. And while we did, like, start out this entire series bagging on him, it's there was a little bit of, like, almost good fun in it because it's Mm. like, okay, that's just a really silly thing to write. Right. Because the reality is that that a lot of decisions that Phil is going to make are stuff that are going to be very fan friendly in many mm-hmm. ways. Uh, one thing is that he is going to restart the Xbox One's backwards compatibility program, a right. program that was in development before it was killed by the Matrix leadership mm-hmm. in Route 2 releasing the one in the first place. Or do things like bring over Fantasy Star Online 2 and have it localized well after that game was would be reasonably profitable. Like stuff right. like that. And I, I mentioned it, I think, in part one, the product that would come out of that backwards compatibility initiative is mm-hmm. one, is the best Xbox emulator mm-hmm. available. Like, its its library is tragically small mm-hmm. because, as previously mentioned, Xbox games are really hard to emulate. Yes. Like, as evidenced by the independent Zemu emulator project that has, like, itself extremely limited success and the 360s attempts to emulate original xbox titles those games are really hard to emulate they really are yeah yeah it's like in 64 levels of just like we are throwing a lot of resources at this and nothing is happening and they they are doing more than simple emulation they are doing resolution upscaling frame rate increases like they are making them look like proper hd re-releases on hd tvs yeah yeah, they absolutely are. And it's so impressive. It's so impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, he's he's doing good work and he's doing a lot of fan, like, really good, like, mm-hmm. fan moves. And it's, that's basically going to be the consistent, like, motto of Xbox is just, like, how do we get the fan, like, the core gamer fans back? Yeah. So, a little bit about uh, his uh, backstory. He joined Microsoft as a software development intern in 1988 and eventually was hired full time, working on various Microsoft Office products before being assigned to the Xbox division in early 2000. One thing that Spencer seems to have that Matrick and even Peter Moore didn't quite have is that he does come off as a gamer. Mm-hmm. He's been spotted multiple times online doing things like playing Gears of War well into the wee hours of the morning, mm-hmm. and overall seems to have a genuine love of the industry that you didn't quite get from Matrick. Right. Some of my favorite things are his like, interviews he would do with like, people like Jeff Gerstmann or whatnot that would be incredibly, incredibly candid. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that like you would just never expect from somebody like Don Matrick or something like that. Right. And to be fair, they kind of had to be candid. It was a lot of people being like, why did you all make this decision? Him being <laughs> like, yeah, good point, huh? Let's talk about yes. that. Yeah, that's... Oof. Yeah. And it's not to say that he's going to be like 100% genuine or open about things. Right. He's still, he's still the head of like a, a major element of a large corporation, but mm-hmm. he's still going to be far more genuine than what you typically will Yet. Right. Uh, now, he's going to be instrumental in convincing Microsoft to do things like purchase the Minecraft development studio Mojang for $2.5 billion, mm-hmm. ZeniMax for $8.1 billion in 2021, and of course, the most recent act- acquisition of Activision Blizzard. My point is, is he's quite a mover and shaker at Microsoft at this point. So what is the things he's, what is he going to do now that he's the head of Xbox? Well, he's going to slash costs. First things mm-hmm. first, Xbox Entertainment Studios is no more. Part of Spencer's initiative is to refocus on video games, and a weird mm-hmm. quasi-Hollywood studio is going to have no place anymore. 
Yeah, that um, makes sense, ultimately. It ultimately does. Uh, there are persistent rumors that the studio was being seriously mismanaged. I don't really have any evidence besides right. articles saying it was seriously mismanaged. It's probably mm-hmm. just corporate speak of, we wanted to get rid of this, and this is our excuse. Right. But regardless, it's going to be shut. It's going to be announced as uh, closing on July 17th, 2014, a process that will end in October when Nancy Tellum is finally let go. Mm. Now, they are going to eventually release Halo Nightfall. It's like it's like final product <laughs> in November of that year. <laughs> what Which, a send off. What a send off. The second thing is Microsoft desperately needs to make the Xbox One cheaper. Yes. And there's no better way than unbundling the Kinect. Mm-hmm. On June 9th, 2014, Microsoft announced the Xbox One would now cost $399 if bought without a Kinect. Now, the Kinect will still stick around, and even a Kinect 2 is going to come out, but it's going to be discontinued by Microsoft in 2017. The Xbox One would somehow manage to recover somewhat from Microsoft's immense mistakes. It would get mid-generation revisions in the form of the more powerful Xbox One S and Xbox One X, and would go on to sell over 58 million units. Honestly, that's more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Though still a far cry from the PlayStation 4, which sold 117 million units. Yeah, oof. <laughs> yeah, right? In 2019, its successors, successor systems would be announced, the confusingly named Xbox Series S and Series X, and would be released in 2020. As of this recording, the systems have sold roughly 21 million units, far behind the 40 million PlayStation 5 that have been sold, and not even in the same galaxy as the 129 million Nintendo Switches <laughs> sold. As we have stated before, Phil Spencer and the Xbox division have made an increasing focus on a subscription-based model on both the PC and console, including even porting games that would initially be Xbox by console exclusive to the mm-hmm. PC, which makes it difficult to gauge if the Xbox division is truly in third place. But regardless, it's a far fall from grace from the Xbox 360. And that's kind of where our story ends. It's, um, once again, they're in such a weird space, but they clearly seemed heavily committed to staying in that space for a long time. Because I don't, well, I say you don't go and buy Activision Blizzard for God, right. $69 billion or whatever it is. Something but then like again, that. they bought out Nokia's mobile phone division and then shuttered the Microsoft phone five years later. So who the right. hell knows? So, yeah, who knows? It's so weird because there was a period of time up until recently, where it seemed like their strategy was, okay, the Xbox console is not going to be the industry leader at this point. Yeah. We're not going to shake off PlayStation, and Nintendo is playing their own game at Mm. this point. So what we can do instead, though, is we have software, we have solutions, we have games. We can be wherever people are, even if that's not on our machine. Yeah. Right. So like we can own Bethesda and Zenimax and those are our games and we'll still put them on PlayStation or Switch or whatever. Mm. But like that gets us in other people's games. Yeah. But then recently it's been like it seems like, no, we're we're just gonna try and push PlayStation out of the market. And it's like, okay, but you're not gonna do that. Yeah, they have seemed to redouble those efforts in a really interesting way by being like, Okay, well, hey, sorry, the Starfield's not going to be on the PlayStation. Yeah, we're, we're going to own Call of Duty now. No more pl- Call of Duty on the PlayStation. And mm. it's like, but it's not going to work, though. Yeah, it... 
like it's it's so hard to say because like at this point they now have so many different ips and like so many different companies that it's like well theoretically if you don't somehow overlap with each other third part what would it be you theoretically now own a significant amount of what was the third party market so like right. probably could just sustain off of that but at the same time yeah they are like redoubling on actually taking the fight to sony in a way that's right. like okay you've you've tried this multiple times now yeah and also like the last three games sony has put out has been like god of war ragnarok spider-man and I want to say uh, Horizon. Yeah, Horizon. And there's also Last of Us Remastered that also came Last out. Of, yeah, Last of Us Remastered. Um, so that's their, like, company lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. The last three you put out was, like, Starfield, Redfall, and a Forza, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. You might want to get your house in order with all these companies you've acquired before you want to pick up that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, not have your new Halo game get all its DLC canceled. Probably be mm-hmm. a good idea. And also the co-op mode. God, that's right, they did do that. <laughs> Despite right. the fact that it appears to work? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, oh man. Yeah, they're in like, such... I, I, I've said it before, the fact that Halo is in the state that it's in, mm-hmm. Halo never should have been allowed to get this bad. Sure, Gears of War can fall off the face of the earth, whatever. That was a one-generation franchise. Yeah. But you let Halo get this bad? Yeah. Oh man, and God, I, Halo Infinite is a tragedy because it is a fun game. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I really enjoyed playing Halo Infinite. You just also knew it was incomplete. Like it's like Metal Gear Solid yes. Five in that way. Of yeah, like, you you know this is not a complete game, but man, this early access version you're playing, real good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it'll be very interesting to see what they do over the next couple of years. It will. It, yeah. it definitely will. But I'm like, they're not filling me with a lot of confidence right now. No, they really, really aren't. <sighs> Well, Alex, how you feeling? I'm I'm feeling okay. Um, this these video game history segments are always fascinating to go over. Mm-hmm. They really, really are. Like, like I said, there are a lot of work to put together. But man, when I do do them, it's like, oh man, yeah, yeah. I get to learn about weird Australians and all these <laughs> read a lot of press releases and about I get into weird controversies. Read old Twitter, uh, Twitter and Reddit threads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always fun. It's always fun. And, you know, it, it it's nice to like being able to recontextualize current events and whatnot and yeah. like see like where they're sitting at and be like, oh, boy. Yeah, I may be going down some similar roads now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's great. It's, it's great. I do have one final thought that I want to bring up, which is I was thinking about this after recording last week um, mm. and. The lead-up and release of the Xbox One is probably the most appropriate way that console generation could have begun. Mm. Because that generation as a whole was a nightmare. It was, it, it's a very bad console generation. Like, it was, Microsoft was not alone in this. They were maybe the most visible, but it felt like 
every company's bad decisions were coming home to roost. Yeah. You had Capcom following up Resident Evil 6 with whatever the hell Dead Rising 3 was, and then going on to Street Fighter V and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Mm -hmm. You had Activision burning off all of its IPs and just divesting all of its cash cows, including World of Warcraft, the cashest cow to have ever cashed. Hmm. You had EA just shuttering studios left and right, Mm -hmm. uh, including like Westwood, the creators of Command and Conquer. Yeah. Bioware managed to squeak out Dragon Age Inquisition, which was okay, followed up by Anthem. (laughs) Oh, Anthem. What an amazing game. Bethesda went on to do all of the things Bethesda did. Like, it's just... (laughs) Konami, a company that began the last generation with Metal Gear Solid 4, Hmm. Guns of the Patriots, and ended it with the likes of uh, Lords of the Fallen and Never Dead, Mm -hmm. would go on to half-release Metal Gear Solid 5, cancel Silent Hills, and then leave the freaking video game industry. (laughs) Now is like, desperately trying to get back in. That's for some freaking reason. Like, it is just every major video game studio is just looking at every decision it's made and going, oh, crap, it's all falling apart. <laughs> yep. It, even Sony, riding on the high of trashing all over Microsoft, is going to go on to then saddle its horse with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And sheesh, we're not even talking about <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we got to just the freaking the Wii U and the culmination of every bad decision that was actually made on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just yep. leaving them no way out. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just it's such a weird generation where like you had new consoles come out that didn't really seem more powerful than the previous yeah. generation. Yeah. I mean, they totally were like you, you play far cry three on the three sixteen compared to a one. You're like, right. Oh, this is nine day, but it doesn't look that much different. It, it was the first generation that felt like an incremental step more than a massive leap. Yeah. Which it, then three years like into that, you do get a legit incremental step with like right. the PS4 pro and you're like, Oh no. Oh, this, yeah, this is where we get into, the iphone system Mm. of okay it's been a year and something is maybe better pay us yep yep yeah thankfully that doesn't seem like that's becoming a consistent trend yeah it it kind of bounced off yeah because i think everybody agreed that this ain't sustainable yeah yeah and like yeah it's just like it just ended up being just like the most underwhelming thing you could possibly think of yeah it was massive and like even going back to you, back to the Xbox One of like, I don't know. The, again, I back to your joke of at this point it seems like the Xbox One is dead. Mm-hmm. The Xbox One didn't truly die. It didn't actually. Like it died, and then it started to crawl back, and then it started to fall off again. Mm-hmm. Like again, I bought mine because it was look like, hey, look, we've got Recore and Scalebound and Phantom Dust and Sea of Thieves. Uh-huh. Wow! And I'm like, I was like, yeah, wow! And then it's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> half of those aren't real, and half of them aren't the real you wanted them to be. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Here's Evolve, I guess. Ooh, Evolve. Everyone likes yeah. Evolve. Yeah. Oh, never mind. That's super dead now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, it... God. So weird. Just so... So weird. So weird. Ah. Thankfully, though, one thing I'll say about the new consoles is that they do <laughs> actually seem like a legit, like, jump forward. Like... In terms of like things like loading times and like mm-hmm. how just Spider-Man Two looks, right? I I will absolutely agree with that. But it has also reached a place where they are becoming indistinguishable from just like a desktop computer. Yeah, there's also that, and so their purpose is becoming like less clear every year. Well, don't worry. As long as we keep getting incredibly bad PC ports, you know. Yeah. Sony's all over that, don't you worry. Oh, yes. Damn right <laughs> As they is are. Square Enix. I forgot to even mention what the hell Square Enix was up to at that point. Yep. Oh. You know, funny thing about the um the E3, uh, Xbox uh, One's E3. I, mm-hmm. I didn't mention this. It was during that... Sh- no, it was, no, it was not that. Actually, no, it was the it was, uh, PlayStations. My apologies. Mm. Uh, that's when uh, the uh, Nomura came out to talk about uh, Versus 13. And then our big announcement is that Versus 13 is actually Final Fantasy 15, and the logo changes yeah. to 15. And I was like, oh, all right, yeah. God. Yeah, that's when they, they killed that. That's right. Yep, that's yep. That's when Nomura's dream died. Yep. <laughs> and was replaced by Bro Trip. Yeah, oh, Bro Trip was so good. Bro well, Trip was pretty good. The, the first 30 hours of Bro Trip was good. Yeah, and then it just, it just it remembered it had to end. Yeah, it remembered it had to actually have a purpose. <laughs> Right, and a through line <laughs> that wasn't and then just they went, camping. Wait, does anyone remember how to make a Final Fantasy? And they went. What about it? We know that there's trains in there on occasion. Yeah, that's good enough. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Alex, thank you so much for doing this with me, as always. Of course. And you, the viewer, if you, or I guess listener, I guess technically if you are on YouTube, if you yeah. want to uh, see more episodes like this, such as the first two parts or just any other episodes that we've done, you should go to ftb.podme.com or go or search for Fallen Through Plot Holes on your podcast service of choice. You can also find us at YouTube. Just search for Fallen Through Plot Holes and you'll, you'll find us doing things. It'll be cool. Uh, leave us a comment either on our YouTube page or on um, at uh, our email address, fallenthroughplotholes at gmail.com that you can find in the description. Why don't you tell us about your favorite video game that was shown off in E3 that unceremoniously was killed? Was it Metroid Prime 4? I know that one's still in active development, but it really isn't. No, it's, it's, it's dead. Yeah. What about the original run of Metroid Dread? I don't know. I just have Metroid on the mind right now, apparently. Yeah, that's, that's valid. Yeah. You know, you know, just tell us about your favorite failed video game projects. You tell us, tell us about all the million times that Inafune tried to remake Mega Man Legends. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> freaking Recore was him too. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. God, that man, Mighty Number no. Nine, nearly and killed two console generations. <laughs> yeah, he did. What an amazing man, legend, Kenshi Inafune, legendary. legendary. God. Just, Put him on the Mount Rushmore of how do you continue to be employed in this industry alongside Peter Moore and Yuji Naka? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, 
Once again, Alex, thank you for doing this for me. Doing this with me as always. Of course. And take care, everybody. Take care.